remember that students are here to learn and there is joy in learning, but also remember that they're here for really basic, practical reasons. They want to make a better lives for themselves and their families and their communities. They want to get jobs. And so they, all faculty, not just the welding instructor, Every faculty needs to be aware of labor market data, emerging careers, and really need to understand where they are in a student's life. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education but we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us, you the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is The Future of Work. Hi, this is Salvatrice Kumo. We're talking today with Dr. Brock Klein, Associate Dean of Pasadena City College Pathways, discussing PCC's first-year experience program, career exploration, and where that begins on day one, and we also learn how faculty play an influential role to that first-year experience. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, Brock, for joining us here with the Future of Work Economic Workforce Development Podcast. Wanting to get a closer look at your involvement with the career development or career exploration or career discoveries, but really want to talk first about your role here at PCC and the first-year experience and what that program is meant to do and how, what that looks like. Thank you. First of all, I'm the Associate Dean of the Pathways FYE program, and FYE is the first-year experience. And this is not a new thing. They've been around for decades and decades, but they've been rather new for community colleges to think about the experience that a student is having in his or her first year, what got them to the college, and where they go after that first year. So this has been a long time coming for us as a college, but also for the system, at least in California, to think about these students as first-year students very intentionally as a group, but then to think of them in all the complex ways that make them the wonderful, diverse students that we have, you know, their ethnicity, their gender, where they're coming from, their high school experience, students who are first year but non-traditional students, students who are already working, who decide to go to college, all sorts of students. So to be specific, we're not dealing at the college, or rather I'm not dealing with at the college with students who have previous college experience. We're serving the students who are brand new to college. And for us, that means 
about 5,000 students in the fall and about two or 3,000 students in the spring. So it's a, a large group of students. And the work that's involved, what you might expect, you know, where they're coming from, the vast majority of our students are coming from high school. And so what kind of experiences did they have? The onboarding process, or what we're calling at the college, guided entry, uh, making sure that we're providing resources and services that will help them make a transition to college. The work that we're involved with is very much aligned with the Guided Pathways initiative uh, that the college has initiated. And it's not only guided entry, but giving students maps to help them get to where they want to go. That obviously involves career community development, and it's what we're here talking about today. But all the way to the end, support services and then guided exit. Where does that student want to go, and how can we as a college help them get there? And so what we're really talking about is customized support services. Thank you. So what would that journey look like in general? If I'm a first-year student, I walked in, what can I expect my um, first semester here or or the first year here? Sure. It actually starts before you get here. So we have a recruitment outreach staff going to local high schools, talking about college, talking about the value of going to college, and we hope making that connection to career. I think the thing that we have to understand is that and I mean this quite seriously, the college needs to understand that students come to college for lots of reasons, but first and foremost, because they want to do something with their lives. They want to get jobs. And we have to remind everybody of that. There's certainly a, a case to be made for lifelong learning and the joy of just learning, but most people don't have that luxury. They have to get jobs. And so this is a gateway to a career. And so we hope that that experience happens before the student gets here. And for us in the FYE, the first year experience involves setting up these milestones of open houses, workshops, prep for registration, financial aid workshop, all the way all leading to what we call JAM, which is the orientation of college. And we have very intentionally inserted career exploration into the jam. It's a three-day summer orientation. It's not a lot of time, but it helps students, it gets students thinking about why they came to college. And I think helping students make that connection between major, what they want to study in school, career, and the value of education and helping them get there. Now, for some, it's really obvious and easy, but for some, it's not. So we're committed to equity as well. So we want to make sure that All students, whoever they are, come in and they have an opportunity to get where they want to go. So uh, we move all the way into the fall semester. And for our program, uh, we have a really comprehensive program. It includes uh, asking the students to be full-time because we know that full-time status will help them complete sooner. We absolutely understand that not all students can be full-time. Some of them are already working. So we work with students uh, on that. We want them to get into math and English right away because that's critical. We ask them to take a first-year seminar course called College One, which is a three-unit transferable course. And it's very simply how to be a college student, but it uh, more technically involves information competency, goal setting, understanding research, at least secondary research, and once again, inserting the career major 
connection, helping students continue to explore what they're doing with their lives now, what they would like to do with their lives after they leave us, and how they're going to get there, how they're going to realize their dreams. And so we have included structured supplemental support. We have uh, student success coaches. They are graduate students who are interning for us. And these are hugely popular. Uh, Students really connect with their coaches. And the coaches help the students um, get ready for visits with a counselor to get that ed plan in place. And the goal, of course, is to get them through that first year and then that handoff to, to somebody else that will help them move forward in the, uh, once they leave the first-year experience. So that success team that you were talking about, mm-hmm. tell me who are your other power partners here on campus. The success team includes the success coaches, but also counselors, for sure, and tutors, whether they're supplemental instruction embedded in the classroom folks or peer tutors in the centers that are helping students. And so the whole point is to help you, the student, understand that there's a team behind you that's willing and ready to help you succeed and to help you overcome hurdles that you might experience along the way. I think we're now at a stage where we're trying to enlarge and diversify the team to include faculty. I think that's a a component we've had missing for a long time. Career coaches and all of that exit work, that whether it's transfer or certificate-bound students, whatever it is a student needs, we understand now, I think after many years, uh, that it's easy to get in, perhaps. Uh, It's not so easy to get out, right? So uh, we need support on both ends, helping students make the transition to college and then helping them make the transition out of college. So it's really a, a complex and comprehensive process that involves lots of people. And we've been doing a lot of research around this and using that research and evaluation to tweak what we have, but also to grow things that are working and to modify things that are not working and to innovate when we can to make sure that we're being intentional. I think maybe that's key. I think we years and years, decades perhaps ago, we didn't really think of career exploration as something of the work of the college. It was perhaps stuck in the C- the traditional CTE areas uh, where most of the college didn't really think about it. And I think the great news is that it's on the front burner, right? It's, uh, it's on everybody's mind. And so our job is to make sure that it stays there. And speaking along those lines of career exploration, and this didn't just come overnight, right? It's like you, you didn't have these findings overnight. You did it, You spent a significant amount of time researching, significant amount of time really developing. We talked about the innovative side of the house, designing this program intentionally for our first year. So if we can kind of make a l- little left churn here into mm-hmm. career exploration, and you mentioned career exploration is something that we as colleges, we're like, yes, yeah, so, you know, it happens. It happens at the at a career center, uh, maybe, maybe not. But being really intentional about having career exploration from the beginning of the student's journey, share a little with me about your research around that and who and um, and the key find some key findings if you can. Sure. Uh, so we've been lucky on in two ways, probably in many ways, but two ways <laughs> specifically here. One is that we've been fortunate enough to get uh, federal grants, and that allows us to 
do deep dives, uh, be innovative, to spend time thinking and talking and working. We've also been very, very lucky to have as a research evaluation partner folks at UCLA. On the grant side, we've done some serious work looking at STEM fields specifically. We have a Title III HSI STEM grant at the moment, and we're using that to develop a career community in in STEM. And with that, we have been doing inquiry, this kind of structured, thoughtful process with Cecilia Rios-Aguilar, who is a researcher and instructor and actually the Associate Dean of Equity and Diversity at UCLA. She specializes in community college work. She's done a lot of work on financial aid. She also is very, very interested in career. And she came to us with a plan to do work and, of course, came with graduate students, several of them, as a matter of fact. And we started a process, uh, I would say, almost two years ago. We have no intention of ending the process because it's... uh, long, hard work. But we've had some key findings. So Rebecca Neri, who just completed her dissertation on career exploration, for example, interviewed over 100 students at the college, a very diverse group about career and their expectations. Clearly, we have an equity problem. I don't think that's new. Everybody's got that problem, I believe. We tie it to career in some ways. Uh, a student's motivation for coming to college kind of is clear. You know, if, you, if there's something that you want to do, you have the motivation to overcome the hurdles to get to where you want to go. And we did an extensive amount of work around that data and disaggregated for ethnicities, disaggregated for gender. We looked, we separated students into our six career communities and looked at their movement in and out of the career communities. Where did they begin? Where did they go? Where did they end up? And did they complete milestones and ultimately complete and move on? Not a surprise. We've got a lot of work to do. It's very equity-based. Clearly, we have work to do with African-American students and with Latinx students. They're not completing at rates that we want them to. So it just depends on the career community. It depends on the student. But generally speaking, those groups are disproportionately impacted. And so that's propelled us to modify the work that we've done in the FYE, going back to that. We've made changes to our College One curriculum. We've made changes to our JAM curriculum. We are now looking at uh, working with faculty in gateway courses such as speech, English, math to embed career modules. But clearly, at the end of the day, it's professional development, I think. It's faculty understanding the diverse students in their classrooms and why they're there and where they're going. You know, uh, another finding uh, is a classroom finding. The number one influencer is your instructor. You spend so much time in the classroom, and the comments that a teacher makes will move you forward, hold you back, or drive you out. And so we have to really think about what that means and how we can support faculty who should be, and of course many are, supporting the students in their classes. Helping faculty understand the role GEs play in career development. What does anthropology, why is a student taking Mm -hmm. anthropology? How many are going to become anthropologists? Almost none. 
Why is it valuable to take that course, whether it's anthropology or art history or any other field? So FYE is first-year experience, as I mentioned at the beginning. It's a first-year experience for students new to college, um, uh, much more popular at the four-year institutions uh, decades ago. Uh, in fact, decades and decades ago, I was in a first-year experience. They typically have, they acknowledge that the transition from high school to college is not easy. Students have this K-12 experience and suddenly they shift into something different where they have to be much more independent, solve problems on their own. And some succeed, most struggle, uh, some struggle a lot. And so it's acknowledging that, making sure that there's transitions. Hence, you have these workshops, these open houses, these family nights that lead to extended summer orientations or bridges, summer bridges, that then lead to first-year seminar courses. I gave you the example of um, College One. Uh, so it's being very intentional about that entry process for a student and anticipating all the questions uh, and obstacles they may face and the struggles they may have and all the competing uh, communities that might pull them away from their experience in college and how to keep them, how to retain them, a key finding is that students need support all the way through the process, that orientation is not just a day or an hour. It's not even three days. I sort of feel that orientation to college lasts a year. <laughs> and then you have the second-year student with a different, perhaps, different set of problems. Some, of course, are shared. We all have students who have financial challenges, have personal challenges, emotional challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have to customize our resources and services so that we're dealing with every student individually so that they, that student gets what he or she needs to survive and flourish, actually, and succeed. How do we get to amplify this work? Right? There's, your program is nationally recognized, if there's a vision for Brock, Brock has this vision of taking one little nugget out of first year and amplifying it across the campus. What would that be? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so uh, before I answer that, uh, I, I have to tell you, I come from uh, a background that includes great respect for professional development. So innovation, anytime there's change, you need to support people, whether they're a student, faculty manager, or staff member in that process. So I think key to success for the college or any college is professional development around that. And that's sustained, intense, diverse. It's not one-offs. Let's have lunch and talk about what you're doing. It's really hard work. The experience that I've had working with different groups on campus is it takes a lot of time to change people's thinking about something. So that's key. It's really important to sustain it over time and to have it evolve. Uh, a big component of professional development for me is the inquiry process that I was talking about. It's not just conversation. It's solutions-driven. It's outcomes-based. There are deliverables. So it's a process that moves from conversation and looking at data to hypothesis building to piloting and then evaluating and then continuing in an iterative process, which is exactly what we did with the redesign of College One. It's what we're doing with the 
career major inquiry that we're doing with Cecilia Rios Aguilar from UCLA, and our other inquiries. We have one that's just started around financial aid. Students have to work. Students have financial barriers. What is that relationship between work and success in school and how removing financial barriers can influence a student's trajectory? To answer your question, the one little thing, I think it's the customized support students. I think it's a challenge for the institution. We have uh, 29,000 students, something like that, and we can generalize. Of course, we do. At the end of the day, everybody's unique. And so how do we create an environment that allows us to be flexible enough to customize our resources and services that we deal with you and then we deal with you and we deal with you in a way that'll help you. We have to create space for problem solving. We have to create space for slowdowns. You know, a customized support services is one. And going back to professional development, what ha- at the end of the day, what happens in the classroom is crucial right? Most important is the teacher-student relationship. More than anything, students are in the classroom, right? uh, I I see them a little bit, but they spend most of their time in the classroom. And I pointed out Rebecca Neri's study, the number one thing that her number one finding was what happens in the classroom matters most. Certainly family play a role, peers play a role, media play a role. Your teacher telling you, you're awesome, you can go forward, this is right for you. Or just the other day I had a student, his teacher said, you should drop this class, you're not going to pass. And that's a dream crusher, right? Helping students get through those classroom experiences and build on those experiences to create something is like really, really, really crucial. Yeah, those are big ones. (laughs) I was actually going to ask you the question, since we were talking about faculty, what would be one message you would want to give to them? But you already did it. So thank you. Do you have more to add to that? (laughs) Uh, 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 To faculty, I would just say... uh, Remember that students are here to learn, and there is joy in learning, but also remember that they're here for really basic, practical reasons. They want to make a better lives for themselves and their families and their communities. They want to get jobs, and so they, all faculty, not just the welding instructor, not just, you know, the biotech instructor. Every faculty needs to be aware of labor market data, emerging careers, and really need to understand where they are in a student's life, whether it's a real practical course they're teaching that will obviously lead to career, or if it's a humanities course, for example. You know, English is a career skill builder, and it has to be intentional. And faculty need to understand the roles they play in career development, whether they're a history teacher, a philosophy teacher, or a welding instructor. So that's something I would say. How does a student find you? What is the best way to bring a student in your direction? Pasadena.edu slash pathways is our website. And we have a lot of information there. And we're also on Instagram with PCC Pathways. Those are two good places to find out about us. Well, thank you, Brock. Thank you for being an influencer on campus. Thank you for stirring the pot a little bit. (laughs) That's totally okay. We need that. Thank you for being an innovator. And certainly thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brock. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. 
If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share or be a guest on the show, you can find a link to our webpage in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. You can look forward to new episodes weekly every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.